Chapters sixty-four to sixty-eight of Tristram Shandy, Volume Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bruce Peary. The Life and Opinions of Tristram Shandy, Gentleman, Volume Four, Last Volume, by Lawrence Stern. Chapter sixty-four as tom's place and please your honour was easy and the weather warm it put him upon thinking seriously of settling himself in the world and as it fell out about that time that a jew who kept a sausage shop in the same street had the ill luck to die of a strangury and leave his widow in possession of a rousing trade tom thought as everybody in lisbon was doing the best he could devise for himself there could be no harm in offering her his service to carry it on so without any introduction to the widow except that of buying a pound of sausages at her shop tom set out counting the matter thus within himself as he walked along that let the worst come of it that could he should at least get a pound of sausages for their worth but if things went well he should be set up inasmuch as he should get not only a pound of sausages but a wife and a sausage shop and please your honour into the bargain every servant in the family from high to low wished tom success and i can fancy and please your honour i see him this moment with his white dimity waistcoat and breeches and hat a little of one side passing jollily along the street swinging his stick with a smile and a cheerful word for everybody he met but alas tom thou smilest no more cried the corporal looking on one side of him upon the ground as if he apostrophized him in his dungeon poor fellow said my uncle toby feelingly he was an honest light-hearted lad and please your honour as ever blood warmed then he resembled thee trim said my uncle toby rapidly the corporal blushed down to his fingers ends a tear of sentimental bashfulness another of gratitude to my uncle toby and a tear of sorrow for his brother's misfortunes started into his eye and ran sweetly down his cheek together my uncle toby's kindled as one lamp does at another and taking hold of the breast of trim's coat which had been that of lefevre's as if to ease his lame leg but in reality to gratify a finer feeling he stood silent for a minute and a half at the end of which he took his hand away and the corporal making a bow went on with his story of his brother and the jew's widow chapter sixty five when tom and please your honour got to the shop there was nobody in it but a poor negro girl with a bunch of white feathers slightly tied to the end of a long cane flapping away flies not killing them tis a pretty picture said my uncle toby she had suffered persecution trim and had learnt mercy she was good and please your honour from nature as well as from hardships and there are circumstances in the story of that poor friendless slut that would melt a heart of stone said trim and some dismal winter's evening when your honour is in the humour they shall be told you with the rest of tom's story for it makes a part of it then do not forget trim said my uncle toby a negro has a soul 
and please your honour said the corporal doubtingly i am not much versed corporal quoth my uncle toby in things of that kind but i suppose god would not leave him without one any more than thee or me it would be putting one sadly over the head of another quoth the corporal it would so said my uncle toby why then and please your honour is a black wench to be used worse than a white one i can give no reason said my uncle toby only cried the corporal shaking his head because she has no one to stand up for her tis that very thing trim quoth my uncle toby which recommends her to protection and her brethren with her tis the fortune of war which has put the whip into our hands now where it may be hereafter heaven knows but be it where it will the brave trim will not use it unkindly god forbid said the corporal amen responded my uncle toby laying his hand upon his heart the corporal returned to his story and went on but with an embarrassment in doing it which here and there a reader in this world will not be able to comprehend for by the many sudden transitions all along from one kind and cordial passion to another in getting thus far on his way he had lost the sportable key of his voice which gave sense and spirit to his tale he attempted twice to resume it but could not please himself so giving a stout hem to rally back the retreating spirits and aiding nature at the same time with his left arm akimbo on one side and with his right a little extended supporting her on the other the corporal got as near the note as he could and in that attitude continued his story chapter sixty six as tom and please your honour had no business at that time with the moorish girl he passed on into the room beyond to talk to the jew's widow about love and this pound of sausages and being as i have told your honour an open cheery-hearted lad with his character wrote in his looks and carriage he took a chair and without much apology but with great civility at the same time placed it close to her at the table and sat down there is nothing so awkward as courting a woman and please your honour whilst she is making sausages so tom began a discourse upon them first gravely as how they were made with what meats herbs and spices then a little gaily as with what skins and if they never burst whether the largest were not the best and so on taking care only as he went along to season what he had to say upon sausages rather under than over that he might have room to act in it was owing to the neglect of that very precaution said my uncle toby laying his hand upon trim's shoulder that count de lamotte lost the battle of winendale he pressed too speedily into the wood which if he had not done lille had not fallen into our hands nor ghent and bruges which both followed her example it was so late in the year continued my uncle toby and so terrible a season came on that if things had not fallen out as they did our troops must have perished in the open field why therefore may not battles and please your honour as well as marriages be made in heaven my uncle toby mused 
Religion inclined him to say one thing, and his high idea of military skill tempted him to say another. So not being able to frame a reply exactly to his mind, my uncle Toby said nothing at all, and the corporal finished his story. As Tom perceived, and please your honor, that he gained ground, and that all he had said upon the subject of sausages was kindly taken, he went on to help her a little in making them, first by taking hold of the ring of the sausage whilst she stroked the forced meat down with her hand, then by cutting the strings into proper lengths and holding them in his hand whilst she took them out one by one, then by putting them across her mouth that she might take them out as she wanted them, and so on from little to more, till at last he adventured to tie the sausage himself whilst she held the snout. Now a widow, and please your honor, always chooses a second husband as unlike the first as she can, so the affair was more than half settled in her mind before Tom mentioned it. She made a feint, however, of defending herself by snatching up a sausage. Tom instantly laid hold of another, but seeing Tom's had more gristle in it, she signed the capitulation, and Tom sealed it, and there was an end of the matter. Chapter 67 All womankind, continued Trim, commenting upon his story, from the highest to the lowest, and please your honor, love jokes. The difficulty is to know how they choose to have them cut, and there is no knowing that but by trying, as we do with our artillery in the field, by raising or letting down their breeches till we hit the mark. I like the comparison, said my uncle Toby, better than the thing itself. Because your honor, quoth the corporal, loves glory more than pleasure. I hope, Trim, answered my uncle Toby, I love mankind more than either, and as the knowledge of arms tends so apparently to the good and quiet of the world, and particularly that branch of it which we have practiced together in our bowling green, has no object but to shorten the strides of ambition and entrench the lives and fortunes of the few from the plunderings of the many, Whenever that drum beats in our ears, I trust, Corporal, we shall neither of us want so much humanity and fellow-feeling as to face about and march. In pronouncing this, my Uncle Toby faced about, and marched firmly as at the head of his company, and the faithful Corporal, shouldering his stick and striking his hand upon his coat-skirt as he took his first step, marched close behind him down the avenue. Now what can their two noddles be about? cried my father to my mother. By all that's strange, they are besieging Mrs. Wadman in form, and are marching round her house to mark out the lines of circumvallation. I dare say, quoth my mother, but stop, dear sir, for what my mother dared to say upon the occasion, and what my father did say upon it, with her replies and his rejoinders, shall be read, perused, paraphrased, commented, and descanted upon, or, to say it all in a word, shall be thumbed over by posterity in a chapter apart. I say by posterity, and care not if I repeat the word again, for what has this book done more than the legation of Moses or the tale of a tub, that it may not swim down the gutter of time along with them? I will not argue the matter, 
time wastes too fast every letter i trace tells me with what rapidity life follows my pen the days and hours of it more precious my dear jenny than the rubies about thy neck are flying over our heads like light clouds of a windy day never to return more everything presses on whilst thou art twisting that lock see it grows gray and every time i kiss thy hand to bid adieu and every absence which follows it are preludes to that eternal separation which we are shortly to make heaven have mercy upon us both chapter sixty eight now for what the world thinks of that ejaculation i would not give a groat End of chapters 64 to 68